Listener discretion is advised. This episode begins with an emotional rendition of the song That's Nice by Minty. If you don't know the track, it features in its entirety later on in the show, as well as in the segment Analyze This. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. From head to toe That north Hole in sky That's north High heel shoes That north Camel toe and boot tube That north Cup of tea and a slice of life That north Information saturation God is dead. That's noise. Sunglasses worn on head. That's noise. Nice to see ya. Wouldn't wanna be ya. Nice to see ya. I wouldn't wanna be ya. Studio Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, everyone. And Marsha McDonald. Yeah, what up, peeps? It has been a really, really long while. I've been out and about doing things. It sucks. I've missed you guys. I've missed doing this. Hallelujah, we are back. Wow, that's pretty emotional, Dookie. The caffeine has kicked in, darling. I get how many. How many have you had today? Just one, but it's been so good. You also have your tutti frutti, though. I do. Yes. I see you with your tutti frutti of a morning sometimes when I come over in the morning. It's become my thing, which is in plain English Barocca. There are other. There are other ways of getting your your vitamins. Yes. You know, like fruit and vegetables. Having a decent diet, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of thing. But I like the I like the whole uh, tradition. Not the tradition isn't the word. The the ritual. Yes. I like the ritual of preparing the the beverage. Does it turn your pee a funny colour? Yes, it does. Okay. Did you know that... You see, the reason I, I asked that question is because it's got vitamin B in it, right? Yes. So, And there's a certain one of the, vi- the vitamin Bs that turns your pee a lurid yellow. Yes. Day glow. And, and when Andy Warhol, he, he went through a spate of doing pee paintings. Did, oh. you, did you know about that? Because I know you're a bit of a Warhol fan. I know my Warhol. I did not know about that. Okay, I'm glad to tell you something that you don't know. Mm. So he went through a spate of doing pee, pee paintings where he'd pee on the whatever silk screens or whatever he was mm. using. And he'd get members of his factory 
to do it. Mem- were they members? I don't think they were. They were superstars. Colleagues. No, they were superstars. Oh, yes. Yes, they were. Which is a good word for me. Mm. So, and one of his particular superstars who, who worked in the factory used to take a lot of vitamin B. So Andy really liked him, like him particularly to do the pea paintings because he got a particularly lurid shade of yellow out of mm. these particular paintings that, that Warhol particularly appreciated. Did you need to know that? Probably not. But Andy Warhol would appreciate your pee. So after I've had my Tutti Frutti, Barocca. Yes. After I've had my Barocca Blast. Yes. And I need to use the facilities. I become an artist. Yes, just think of Warhol whenever you're peeing. Yes, Mm. when it comes out, that really neon. Yeah, the the colour is definitely lurid. I think you can see it at at night. It, It glows it glows. Wow, yeah. So Warhol be all over your mm. urinations. And they wanted to come over here and piss on my canvas. Yeah, he didn't sound anything like that. That sounded like a slightly dodgy interpretation of somebody living in Venice Beach uh, alongside Marky Smith. Yes, I can see that. Mm. I can definitely I apologise to everyone concerned, including fans of The Four. I think you should. Indeed, absolutely. Um, yes, It's been an eventful six weeks or so. Loads and loads of gigs. Loads and loads of gig reviews. I've been writing for Louder Than War. Something I've stumbled across by accident. That's a uh, pretty hefty uh, internet publication. Yes. Right. They seem to like me. So I've got away with well, it. Well, how could they not? You know what I mean? You know, you're, you're a hardworking guy. Mm. You're a talented guy. And it's I've been able to review quite a, a disparate, uh, you know, range of musical concerns. Dookie, mm. I really like, because as we record this, it's Saturday morning. Correct. And I really like, the we were chitting chatting the way Marcia says, yes. uh, just before we've come on air. Mm about how your weekend is panning out. And I really like the disparity of your weekend. Mm. So last night you were sweating of your base. Yes. In a sweaty, sweaty venue. It, I had to dig the base out after I got home. Yes. And, and I need to... I had to have at it with cleaning products. Wow, because it was that sweaty. Yeah, it really was hot. It so really you- was hot. And, you know, it's not... I'm not saying that in a, in... In a, you know, oh, goodness, I really rocked kind of way. It's more modest. You know, if you've it's got... It's hot sw- here in London. Yeah, and, and if you leave your your sweaty legacy, your DNA on bass strings, the bass strings get knackered a bit more quickly. So I gave them a nice rubbing down. It sounds like some Sue be all over. <laughs> yeah, indeed, they were so dirty. Um, but I had so, to do it. It was ugh, not nice. So you nice. were punking out last night. Yes. And then this morning you're doing some recording with your two favourite women. Absolutely, I am. And, well, beside your dog, I know she's your favourite woman, obviously. She's my favourite bitch. She's your favourite bitch. Mm. And we're your two other favourite bitches. And then this afternoon, mm. you're going to your neighbour's house for tea. Yes, I am. Tea and cakes. Yes. Because... Tea and nibblies. Because they've recently had a baby. They have. And I've met your neighbors. They they seem very sweet. They're, they seem very sweet. Mm. And you're going over there for tea and cakes. Correct. And then tonight, you're going to review an industrial goth band. Yes. Called Ministry. Correct. So... 
That's quite a disparate number of things to do. Like the Barocca beverage that I have every morning. It's a well-balanced life. It's a good life, Andy mm, Pandy. Mm. I think that you should you should take a moment out to appreciate that. Stop and smell the Barocca. So you're going to be having like Battenberg this afternoon. Quite possibly. In between your sweaty gig doings. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. You know, one minute I'm having Earl Grey with uh, cucumber sarnies. The next... I'm headbanging to ministry. Well, how do you know that? I mean, how well do you know these neighbors? Because do you, do, you've never been out with them before. I take it this is the first. This sounds like you're talking about the first kind of thing, right? This is the, yes. So you don't know. You could go over there and they could like shove a bowl at you and say, you know, the keys go in the bowl kind of thing. I don't think right? it's going to be a, a swingers party, no. Um, I mean, it could also be a, you know, right, the cucumber sarnies are here. We're just going to start to chop out some lines. Have at it. Yeah, you don't know, right? Mm. Don't you have a neighbor who's, you know, lives a life? (laughs) Oh, the hot tub neighbor? Oh, yes. The hot tub neighbor. Mm. What's happening with the hot tub neighbor? He has various hot tub parties. Only without the time machine element. See, so that's a neighbor, right? Yes. So, yeah, I'm with Marcia. You don't know what you're going to get from a neighbor. Mm. I wonder if he is into cucumber sandwiches. Who, Hot Tub? Yeah. I've met him. He's very nice. He's a lovely man. He's very friendly. Mm. And, and then I think, oh, he's so lovely. And then, you know, when I've been dog setting for you and stuff, I've seen him come and go from his house. Mm. And he's always got an age-inappropriate woman or two you know kind of draped over his arms are you implying that group activities take place on a regular basis yes and and possibly in the hot tub it's just sad that your your studio doesn't overlook his backyard because (laughs) because you can only see the front right and you you know i can only imagine plenty of cavorting so in a way you're able to see the goings but not the comings basically is what i'm trying to say (laughs) So, yeah, Dickie, I mean, tea with the neighbors could yes. be the most rock and roll part of your weekend. You know, Sylvan and I are looking forward to hearing. I'm open-minded. It's all about the love. I've met them briefly because I had to get some keys from them. They're very sweet. They look like Christians. Right. Are they Christians? I, I haven't asked about their religious persuasion they just look like you know they've done wholesome like, wholesome yeah, wholesome like mm. really wholesome there are other religions like they start the morning with a good bracing cup of ice water and a prayer kind of thing <laughs> right and maybe say you know like really sweet and really wholesome like they mm. make me feel a little bit dirty right uh, we're going to go to the kitchen there's some earl grey brewing in the pot there's some cucumber sandwiches next to it. I've chopped out a couple of lines. It's fairly pure, about the 95% mark. And the Gideon's Bible, not our favorite version, is next to the... I, I uh, really hope it's going to be like that. The <laughs> mirror for your spiritual... I really hope it'll be like that, Enrichment. Because I look forward to hearing about that. Mm. Yeah, it'd be good. But you know, a number of people who are devout, shall we say embrace the the world of things which aren't necessarily good for them lord knows no pun intended i was educated by a number of them yeah i think that's probably a line of conversation that could open up you know a podcast that could potentially be about 48 hours long this is true you know like yeah 
Mm. You just, you know, I'm with Silva. I, I think the disparity of your weekend is just, and and the disparity of, you know, different people is kind of interesting. You know, just because you are you like to cavort with 20-year-olds in your hot tub doesn't mean you're not a nice guy, mm. right? You know, as long as everybody's consenting adults, yeah, you're still a nice guy. Mm, certainly. Right? You right. Know, you read a Bible, yeah, cool, whatever. I'm quite amazed that this conversation hasn't turned to Hitler yet. Yeah, we save that for the internet. Oh, well, fair enough. Dookie, I'm so sick of the internet right now. Really? I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking about cleansing myself of social media for like two days. You know, like that diet, that five, what is that, that five, two? Mm. I might do that with social media, like have two days off. Mm. Because I wake up, and you know, I've gotten in the habit, like like a lot of us have, and, I, and I've really fought against it, but I, I've gotten that habit of when I wake up, I check Facebook. Mm. And I've just found like every morning this week, it's been one of my angry friends go, you know, posting something about how Trump is a dick. You know, like the latest thing that, and, and, and they, you know, they post with like, this is an outrage. And I'm like, oh, well, straight away, like right away, I'm angry, right? Like I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. Mm. And it's like, you know, well, you're angry about this. So what, you want all your friends to be angry about it too? Maybe I hadn't heard of it. Like, let me have a moment's peace. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like... You've had enough. Yeah, like, you know, and then there's stuff like people post stuff that's like where I think it's kind of innocent kind of stuff. Like, what's that thing that Marmite? Mm. What is that? That stuff that you eat? Marmite, you English people eat? Yes. And Australians eat Vegemite. <laughs> I where love we, the way you're looking at me like, <laughs> where, where are we going, this going with this? Uh, yeah, somebody. <laughs> well, Marmite decided to come out with like a rainbow label. Right. To support pride. Oh, fair enough. Right, so, yeah, I saw that. It, it, that's, that has nothing to do with the Marmite superhighway, does it? Uh, yeah, that's disgusting, Dookie. Wow. Anyway, so so you look at that and you think, oh, that's really cool. But then you see that people have, like, done the angry face emoji under it. Oh, because... And then you're like, well, what, what is that? What are you, what are you angry? Yeah, you, uh, you can only assume that they're angry... That they don't think that they, you know what I mean? It's just mm. like, well, why are you angry? You know, I, I don't know. Why is everybody so, see, I'm angry that everybody's so angry. Mm. Yeah. In the and past, that's not good, right? In the past, you might be sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Mm. But now you're angry about the fact that everyone seems to be angry. Yeah, I'm angry that mm. everybody's so, like, could everybody stop being angry? Could they mm. just stop for, could we have a day off? Oh, can Dookie, can I have another winch? Oh, please. The way you English people say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we talk about peak feedback? Peak yeah. feedback. Yeah, like everybody's being asked for feedback all the time. Oh, this is one of those situations where you had to go online to chase up the whereabouts of a package with a courier company. Yeah. Then you get an email 10 minutes later yeah. asking how you got on with Ahmed and whether or not he was able to, yeah. to a standard that you approve of, deal with your query. Yes, yeah, so poor Ahmed. You know, he's getting evaluated to fuck. It's like mm. he's probably getting evaluated so much he didn't even have time to do his job. So I've had two instances. So I, I was going away this week uh, and, and I was leaving from St. Pancreas Station. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so we, 
Yes. Dookie, Are I think you she's saying, saying that for funny. reasons of humor? Yeah, I know. Or... It's St. Pancras. Oh, right. So I'm leaving from, from there. And, you know, have you been to that station? It's nice. It's a very nice station, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, It's like they, they, they made it all posh. The champagne bar is yeah. lovely. Yeah. So it's it's nice, right? It's a nice station. Very civilized. Yeah, really civilized. So I walk in there and I'm just going to get my train. And there's signs everywhere saying, how is your station experience? You know, text this number for a chance to win. It's like, how is my station experience? What? You know, it's fine. You know, it's nice. You know, what do they want? Fe- and, and, and if they do get feedback, like, what are they going to change? Like hmm. Boots, the pharmacy place doesn't stock, you know, the kind of uh, chapstick that I want. But Is that what they want? If Boots aren't stocking what you want, does it become the station's responsibility? Well, exactly. And then, like, what, so what, what am I supposed Yeah, so I was going to text and go, you know, I was fine. You know, it's nice. It, what do you want me to say? The one thing that happens to me at St Pancras. Yeah. I love the station. Yeah. And it is aesthetically, you know, beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. Shops galore. They have Trey Thiamon there now. That's true, have you yes. Seen the Trey Thiamon? They do. And I performed at St Pancras once with friend of the Dookie radio show, Ben Wood. Oh, yes, so you did. And you thought Eddie Izzard. Yeah, Eddie Izzard yes. stood around and watched two songs. That's very nice. Which, for a man who runs marathons back-to-back, exactly. is probably the longest he stood still for probably, quite yes. some time. But, for instance, one thing that happens at St Pancras is when I'm in the, the periphery of the the station, I do get asked for money from, from people who oh, yeah. are... Yeah. You know, shall we say, in between homes? I was there. I had to get there like six in the morning. I thought, you know, I, I just need to sit down for a minute because I haven't even woken up yet. I haven't. I needed mm. a sip of my coffee, and the the homeless people are like lined up to ask me for money, mm. and I was like, you know, that's kind of wow. I'm already sad. Like I've woken up, look at Facebook, get angry, and now I'm sad. So yeah, and then what are they going to do? Like find homes for these people you know well, maybe indeed. that's where the station should anyway i mean so your station experience so what happens if you go to boots they have everything that you want you mm. go to whichever food emporium you know takes your fancy and you order something and that's lovely you know the trains are running on time but then while you're considering what options that you're going to explore to get from point a to point b some person asks you for money and they're a little bit aggressive about it. And it's upsetting. Yes. Right? And... Because you don't want to get angry with Of course them not. Because oh, of course not. They're, no. they're going through, like, the worst time. Mm. And and at the same time, then you're upset, and it sucks. And so For, yeah. how does your station experience vote get impacted by, by the homeless person? Well, exactly. But Dookie... Mm. It gets worse. Oh, no. So then I was on my way home from Luton. Right. There definitely are other places in Bedfordshire. Yeah. You been to Luton? I have, yes. Yeah, Luton gave the world Paul Young. Ah, right. Okay. Mm, The the singer. Yeah, no, I get you. Apparently has huge assets. Does he? How do you know that? My sources shall remain anonymous. That makes me want to talk about an acronym that I learned this week. Have you heard of BDE? Body. Marcia, have you heard of BDE? No, I, no. Or FDE? 
There's a new acronym mm. that's BDE, and it stands for Big Dick Energy. Oh. And it means, and you, no, it doesn't, it's not, you know, vulgar. Right. Well, it is, but it's not. Right. Um, it's, it's for people, it's a way of describing people, even women, even women, who have and conduct themselves with an attitude that they're confident about what's going on in the trials or department. Right. And the columnist that I read that described this, she used Anthony Bourdain as a way of describing BDE, as if to say he conducted himself in a way that was confident, he had swagger, mm. but he didn't have to like do a Ramsey and like stamp on people. He was just cool and, you know, sexy and he had the swagger, but allowed other people to have their own swagger. So quite clearly well endowed in the trouser department. Mm. Whereas you have people with SDE, so even women, so certain, you know, rulers of countries. With emphasis on the word ruler. Yes, exactly. Who obviously are not confident with what they have mm. in their panties mm. and have to conduct themselves in a way to make up for that. And then you get micro dick energy. Right. Which some people would say, you know, certain presidents of the United States might suffer from. Right. Past, present and future i like that mm. i like it so luton 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 also gave us john hegley oh, oh what the poet guy yes oh right okay who uh, famously rhymed luton with cruton in one of his early poems that makes me laugh far harder than it really should. <laughs> but particularly with his delivery. Far harder than it should. I know, it's kind of one of those, I was in Luton and I was eating a crouton. I kind of love him. Oh, for me, it's not a kind of. I do have love for the man. Luton. Yes. Uh, some coming home. I had a nice day there, right? Mm. Met some nice people. I was at work. Nice people. That may be a first. Yeah, yeah, they're nice people. I've been there twice. I've met nice people there. You, so you've, you've met the Lutonian natives. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so anybody listening from Luton, you know, thumbs up. Uh, I'm on the train on the way home. Train was late. It was boiling hot. And there was no place to sit. So there was like 10 of us in the vestibule all crammed outside the bathroom. Mm. And it was disgusting. A lovely place to be. So, and I was like, "There, this this train is like eight carriages long, and like five of them have been for first class." So I was thinking, and there was hardly anybody in first class, but there's like ten of us. So I was just getting ahead of steam, Dookie. Ahead of steam. And so on the way home, I'm sitting in the vestibule outside the stinking bathroom with like ten other people. And we're all sweating. And I'm like, I'm going to complain. So I complained, right? Saying, you know, they should at least declassify first class, right? Mm. When there's been train problems and so that people don't have to be sitting on the floor and stuff, right? So the other day, I got a letter, an email back. And they were just saying, well, like, that's just the way it is. You know, they went on for like three paragraphs about nothing, Right. Well, we're very sorry you had that experience, but we can't declassify first class and we're sorry, but blah, blah, blah. Because existing customers would complain about yeah. the hoi polloi populating Yeah, yeah the, exactly. You know, you section. want any hoi polloi. Mm. So uh, I, 
the Lutonian elite. Yeah, exactly. So I read this email and then I see that I've got a missed call on my phone and I and it's one of those unknown, but I can see it's from Birmingham. Right. And I'm like, who's calling me from Birmingham? I don't know anybody there. So I answer the phone and it's the train place calling to ask for feedback on the apology. So I gave them feedback like, I think your system is a little off. Like when there's train problems, you should declassify so that people don't have to be sitting on the floor. That's my feedback. Mm. And you said, I'm sorry, but... And then you said, can you give us some more feedback? And I'm like, what the fuck? See what I mean? We've reached peak feedback. Mm, 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 mm. Like, I've given you my feedback. Like, when there's train problems and it's overcrowded, sort it out. Don't ask me for feedback on your kind of non-apology. Like, 30 seconds after I read the email, it was weird. It was like they were watching me. So it's like everybody's giving feedback, like Amazon reviews. You know, people are feeding back on whether the toilet roll was soft enough for their precious anus. Was it? Yeah, I don't care. Mm. Like, like I bought this insert for my foot because I got flat feet, Dookie. Mm. Right. And and I just bought this thing to kind of lift up my arch. Well, from Amazon. Uh, no, it was actually another, like a sporting goods store. Right. Like just for mm. my manky feet. Mm. I like that word, manky. Mankey's a really good word. I don't know what I ever did without that word, mankey. So What is the American equivalent of mankey? Yeah, I know. Like... Just, is it... Yeah, that's growth. Man, what you had was growth. I'd have to go back to the 80s, like grody feet. Remember that word, grody? Oh my God, you're so grody. Which features in the Frank Zappa song, Valley Girl. Well, it would be because his daughter was kind of the head of the valley. Yeah, exactly. Grody to the max. Done in one take, incidentally. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. So I bought this thing and I put it under my Valley Girl. That is, I put it. Yes, whatever. I put it in my foot and it. Yeah, whatever. And I proceeded to get an email a day, every day for like four weeks, saying, "How was your thing? How was your thing?" And I'm like, "Well, it was fine." Mm. You know what do you want me to say? I didn't change my. You know, it's fine. I can w- we go back to the? I sound like an old woman. Can we go back to the days when things were just fine? You know, it's fine. The station's fine. The thing in my foot's fine. You know, well, it sounds the, like your train journey wasn't necessarily fine. The train fine. journey wasn't fine, but the apology, all right, whatever. I see where you're coming from. It's fine. Mm. Whatever. I ordered a filter for the extractor fan in my kitchen. Right. And I receive feedback requests as well as offers on filters for the extractor fan Every month. Well, if they were that good, then you wouldn't need offers because presumably those things should last a while, right? Well, I mean, unless you're like McDonald's. Every month. Every month. It, it, I think it's personally, I think it's gotten out of hand. And now what I've done is I've put a policy on myself. I'm not giving any more feedback. I mean, unless like if I'm if I check into a hotel and like the the staff are like particularly helpful or something, mm. I will feedback and I will remember their names because I think that people deserve to hear like, you know, Fatima was really helpful or whatever. Mm. I, I feel like they deserve that if they've gone out of their way to be really cool and professional. But otherwise, if it's just like some, you know, how was that body soap that you, you yeah it was fine i've been using that shower soap for like 15 years it's been fine it's fine I, I ordered a pizza 
and the gentleman who delivered it handed me the pizza. Oh, yeah, Dookie. That was last week. I was there. Mm. And yeah. Then, and then he handed me a card, and the card said something along the lines of, I am number, you know, 37649. Please use this when giving feedback to my employers. And, and this was really weird. Perfectly pleasant person. The pizza arrived on time. But the whole notion of, you know, I am not a number. I am a free pizza delivery person. Yeah, came to I'm mind. with Marcia. It's like, well, you know, he's just, he's doing his job mm. and he's doing it fine. He's, shouldn't we all just be, you know, let's just try to be kind of okay. Mm. You know, if somebody goes the extra. Yeah, I thought that was really weird. It's like, surely their jobs are hard enough. They're driving on scooters through rusty hour traffic mm. on a hot, steamy Friday night in London. Mm. I mean, I mean, unless they're they're actively like obnoxious, then or or you know just I can't see how they could be so amazing. Hey, enjoy you enjoy your fucking pizza, you fat fuck. Yes, unless it was something like that. I mean, <laughs> do you need a feedback on all of them? No. And with Marta, and she's getting my knickers in a bit of a twist here too. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've had it. I've had it with everyone being angry and feeding back. I just like peak feedback. Everybody just shut up. If you get something, a product or a service, it's fine. Then it's fine. You just shut the fuck up. You know, like Amazon reviews. Like if I read a book and I think it's horrible, you know, other but other people might like it. So why would I want to write that it's like I have a friend. He just published his uh, novel, which is cool. And then he posted an Amazon review where some woman had said, like, it was the worst book she'd ever read. Ouch. And he said that he was just going to have that review in done in embroidery, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> nice. But it's like, well, Own yeah, it. all right, you hated it. But, you know, other people might not like, you know, other people might like it. See, not everybody's you. So why, and besides, why do you have to do that to somebody? Like, Sylvia knows, right? It's hard work writing a novel, right? It's heinous. I'm just, I let that. I let that sit there. It, it's heinous. I embrace the silence. It's just absolutely then. heinous. See, you put all that, you know, and Your then blood, somebody says, "Sweat, it, tears." So, yeah, you. It's different if you're a professional critic, like you're writing for the Guardian or the Times or whatever, and that you get paid for that, and you have a lot of education and knowledge behind that. And you can kind of back up your opinion, but just on Amazon going, it's the worst book I've ever read. You know, what is anybody supposed to get from that? I, I, Dookie, should I? Sh- I'm going to shut it. No, I, I'm done with feedback and I'm done with <laughs> angry people posting shit that makes them angry so that then I can be angry about it too. You're aware that you've now been now giving being feedback the thing, yeah. on people's feedback. <laughs> See, I'm being the thing that I'm pissed off about. There's a band. Oh, I remember who it is. No effects have a, a DVD. And I miss the days of DVDs where you know, you'd have extras. And they, do you remember with DVDs how you'd have, you know, director's commentaries? Yes. They had a commentary where you could watch a video of them watching the film that you'd purchased. Wow, that's pretty meta. And then they, (laughs) they had another band review them reviewing. Wow. The film. <laughs> wow. So you, you had. Yeah, that's you, what it is. So you know, you, you had no effects sat on you know a sofa in you know an ordinary man cave looking setup. Right. You know, kind of watching the stuff and giving a little bit of inside info 
God, Eric, you look a bit, you look really stupid in that footage there. Why do you do the eyeliner? That, that kind of banter. Yeah. And, you know, there's footage of them, you know, going to, you know, grab crisps and beer and farting and all of that. Then there's another band watching them chiming in on, on how they're quite obnoxious. And their feedback the, on, on, on that. On, yes. Wow. On, on the band's feedback. It's like looking in an infinite mirror. You know, yes. like if you look in a mirror, but you've also got a mirror right behind you, then mm. you can see infinite use. Yes. So it's like that. And it, Dookie, I feel a satire. I feel like I want to write a satire. Like there's got to be a satirical play or a story in there somewhere where people are feeding back on the feedback and then people are feeding back on that feedback. And it's just, it's getting crazy. I've actually been in the middle of doing feedback forms for like, I don't know, product or service. Because I'm like Marcia, I think if somebody's really cool, then you should name them. So maybe they'll get a pay raise or something. Mm. So I'll be in the middle of giving the feedback. And then I'll they'll then say, rate this feedback form. And I'm like, so I'm feeding back on the feedback. So I don't understand that. So you're doing what that one band did to no effects who were basically giving a breakdown in terms of the original video. So feedback on feedback on feedback on feedback. It's the infinite mirror. It's, I, I'm... I'm tired of it, too. How do you rate this review? I'm tired of it, too. I think it's just gone crazy. It's gone crazy, Dookie. In the music world, with gear, with guitars, basses, synths, drums, etc., there are a seemingly infinite number of forums. And you get people who are bedroom players nothing wrong with that but people who are using stuff just in a in a very kind of domestic setup chiming in on the the quality of certain products and being listened to when you know that's a, a limited prism in terms of of you know the the realistic use of any that's kind of musical gear ridiculous mm. i went marcia and dookie i went to look at some earrings the, the other day but i couldn't tell how big they were because you know when you don't have any in the picture mm. if you don't have them in the palm of somebody's hand or something it's hard to tell how big they are so i, I was only looking at the reviews to see if there was any measurements for them mm. and there were two like really good reviews saying these earrings are lovely and then there was one review saying I didn't even open them because they came too late. Two stars. And I was like, well, why are you reviewing them then if you didn't open them? Because that's really reviewing the delivery service and not the actual earring product. And then some pe people do that with vitamins as well. They'll say, they'll say two stars, too soon to tell. And then it's like, well... I'm already starting to feel better and I haven't even yes, taken them yeah, yet. Yeah, you'll get lots of five stars where people will go, oh, this has changed my life and I've got so much more energy now or I've lost 10 pounds or whatever. And other people will, there's loads of them where people go two stars too soon to tell. So I'm thinking, so you're having a big impact on what might be a small business selling vitamins through Amazon. But you haven't even taken them long enough to see whether they've made any difference to you. To be fair, at least... He or she has outlined the fact that this particular product might not be fast acting. This is true. I might give it six months or so, though, and then maybe, I don't know, thing, I won't even review it because it might not work for me, but it might work for somebody else. Anyway. What was the person's headspace to think, goodness, I've just started taking these. Oh, I must write about it. What's the person's headspace? In says, Amazon or these wherever. These earrings got to me too late, so I didn't even open them. Two stars. Well, that's not a review. That's just a comment on the delivery service was mm. late. 
we're all getting a little ranty, do I think so, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I kind of set... It's just been uh, kind of bubbling away in my soul. So, you know, I feel I feel grateful to you and Sylvan, and the, the listeners, for letting me do that. You know, I'm not... I'm not part of Fred's group anymore, so, you know, I got to whinge about something, right? Oh, indeed. Although I did get an email from him the other day. Oh. Yeah. Does this mean that you may be returning to the group? Firstly, I should say I think the group has been disbanded, and and I feel a little mixed mixed about this because either it's been disbanded or they've written me out of the group stuff. Mm. So I'm like, what did they just decide for me that I'm never coming back? I mean, yeah, it's like that. What is it? Groucho Marx. I, I don't want to be a member of a club who anybody for yeah, anybody I don't wants wanna, me. I, yeah, I wouldn't want to be the member of any club that would have me as a member. I, I kind of feel like, you know, I don't really want to be the member of the club, but I kind of want you to want me to be a member of the club. So I'm kind of the opposite to that. Mm. So I feel a bit like, you know, I don't want to be a member of the club, but I would still like to be apprised if it's still going on because my ego is really that fragile. I mean, feeling banished is yeah, not, well, yeah. is not a good like state of mind. Yeah, like why do I care? But you know. So anyway, he invited a lot of us to a barbecue, and the reason I say it like that is because that's how he spelled it. Oh, Barbie, as in yeah. Ken and Barbie. Yeah, yeah, and and his invitation. How, Sylv, you saw it. How how would you describe it? It was long, and it it was in. I guess it would like in like not. I want to say rhyming couplets, but it, it it was more like Chaucer, right? You know, like Chaucer, mm. like where it's that medieval language that unless you like it's English, but only just. So instead of the Canterbury Tales, it's the Twickenham Teddington Tales. Yeah, it is. It's like written in that language. Yeah, that's like English, but for English from so long ago that you wouldn't really recognize it. And it's got that kind of body humor that that you're supposed to find really funny. Like people in those medieval times must have found hilarious. But to our modern eyes, it's like, yeah, yeah okay. You're coming off as a prick. Yeah, like that would have been hilarious. Mm. So it was written, yeah, like Chaucer. And... It's a bit like the inverse <laughs> of that famous scene from Back to the Future. Right. It's like, you might not, yeah, you might not like this, but your great 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 grandparents would have loved it. Yeah, 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 like that. So yeah, it was kind of, and, and it's in. I don't know where this place is. It's in Twickenham. Twickenham, right? Twickenham, mm. Twickenham, and Dookie. Should I just confess? I've confessed to Sylph, so I should. Con- I feel like I should confess to you too. So we all know that Fred comes from like so much money. That it's, you know, to to normal people, it's like you can't even imagine. Fred went to Eton. Yeah, like that kind of like where it's just a different world, particularly to Americans, right? Where it's just like, well, that's just weird. Uh, so I looked up. So he, he gave the address. It's his mom and dad's house ah. in, in Twickenham. And, and I looked it up because I was like, I need to see this house because it must look like, like, where did they film like Downton Abbey? Right, right. I, I I pictured it like that. You imagined the house with grounds, yeah, and like, with a long drive to yeah, get to the house, like with the, where you get the line of maids and butlers standing outside, like like they just stand there for like twenty four yeah. hours until you get there. Not in Twickenham. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't know. Oh, really? Oh, Twickenham's perfectly pleasant. It gave the world Go West the band. 
Dookie, what is your brain like? It is so weird. Mm. Your brain is such a weird thing. It's like you have a Rolodex in there, and and while you're talking, your the gerbils in your brain are going through the Rolodex, going T for Twickenham, and then what do we know about Twickenham? And then we know that go west or from there. It's also where Buck Brothers filmed the "Which Meat Do You Like" video. Why? We had access to a facility there, which was perfect for our needs. We had a huge room that we could. Was get all the extras. It's really the start of the suburbs. Okay. It's more suburban than posh. There are posh bits, but, you know, it's it's similar to, you know, Surbiton. You know, that it, doesn't it's, make it It's any absolutely better. pleasant. Well, so I saw the house. Mm. And, you know, it's nice. Mm. You know, it's really pretty. It looks like the doll's house that my dad built me when I was a kid. Like like that ye olde England, pretty, you know, red brick with like little floofy white bits around the doors and stuff. Like it looks like that. But I presume it doesn't have a, a long drive or no. servants greeting I you. mean, it's not. Yeah, like, yeah, if somebody gave it to me, like, wow, amazing. Yeah, but there's no drive for the butlers and the maids. So for Twickenham, is it Middlesex? It is now. So for Middlesex standards, London standards, yeah. it, it's a, a large abode. Yeah, it's big. But it's not... Downton Abbey. It's hard to describe it without sounding you. like, oh, you know, like, you know, like putting it down because it is a an amazing house. Like mm. it is absolutely beautiful. It's just that when you're expecting Downton Abbey, mm. you know, the only way there from there is down, right? Turn. Turn, right? So, yeah. So that was interesting. You sound disappointed, Marsha. I was kind of disappointed because I was like, I might go to this barbecue because if he's got butlers, I've never known anybody with a butler. So that would just amuse me. That would just make me laugh because I would just want to go in the backyard and have a cigarette with a butler. Mm. You know, wouldn't that be funny? Did you look online to see what the place sold for last well, no, but it's funny you should say, see, this is living in London. You just cannot talk about somebody's house without talking about what it's worth, which is mm. really sad. Uh, but I, I didn't go looking for it, but it popped up. So it said this place is worth 2.2 something million. So, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's an amazing house. It's just like, you, you know that where they filmed Downton Abbey, right? Mm. Well, like, how much is that place worth? I mean, what, like 150 million. Yeah, quite possibly. With houses like that, they're sometimes not as expensive as you might think them to be because of the maintenance costs that uh, people you would naturally have to buy into, yeah, literally. Yeah, that's true. Um, and everything. One thing that I did um, a couple of weeks back is I, for a whole host of really boring reasons, I have the address of an iconic member of an iconic band. I won't tell you who it is. Do you have to tell us who it is? Because that's not fair. It's a band who came of age in the southern states of America in the early 80s. Which southern state? Oh, well, it's got to be R.E.M. You're so transparent sometimes, Dookie. You're very mysterious in the way that your brain works. And then then sometimes you're just like see-through like glass. (laughs) It's I haven't part of said. Your charm. I haven't said who the band is, um, but it's know. not. It's definitely not Athens, Georgia. 
that they're from. It's definitely not an internationally successful and very famous band from Athens, Georgia. Okay. Mm. So we're clear about that. <laughs> and is it Peter Buck? Well, <laughs> okay, so it's Peter Buck. <laughs> well, well, it's I had the address for one of the members, but in doing some research on said member, I came across some documentation which had the address of all the members of that band or of the band that's, that's that I'm referring to. That's not a very famous band from Athens, Indeed. Georgia. Okay. And, and then suddenly, just because I had that address that I had, or that I have, yes. became a gateway for other addresses. Jesus, Dookie. Wait, who is it? And Who is it and how much was it worth? Now, the, the core members of the band who still live in the the home town of Athens, of, Georgia, yes. of the band. Yes. Um, yeah, the, they've had these homes for a long while. And thanks to Street View, I was able to see how they're looking yes. and stuff. Now, one of the members uh, moved to a different state yes. and I was able to kind of work out, you know, what his particulars were like. And a very large home. It may be on the outskirts of Seattle. It might not be. Was purchased for a certain amount of money in the 1990s. Yeah. And then I was really interested to see the whole process of it. And eventually it sold for one dollar. And this this really made me a bit worried. Turns out it was because of a divorce settlement. That's really sad. It, it is, yes. And I like this, this particular member. Well, I like all the members of this band. And um, But it's really interesting to see a, a group of um, certain importance who still maintain homes of a very modest but lovely, very charming, very charming quality That's, you in, know, in, in a hometown. It isn't, it isn't the Downton Abbey landed gentry look. Yeah, well, you know, what do you need all that for? You just more to clean. You know, I can barely keep my house, a half of mine and Sylve's place mm. clean. It's like, you know, do you want to have to... But yeah, the, I mean, that's his, a nasty divorce, his, right? Yeah, here's the thing. What? The original, my gateway address, actually was a, s- a series of addresses. Turns out that member mm. may have been singer, might not have been. Right. He owns two homes next to each other. And I've since discovered has one just which he keeps nice and tidy so that when people pop over, perhaps the chap who lost his home in a divorce settlement wants to go and visit that southern state and that hometown can go and stay in. And he keeps that very nice in the way that families back in the day in this country would maintain a spotless parlour for receiving visitors. But that his own home, he can have it in whatever state he wants. That sounds very self-indulgent, but also very convenient. Mm. And these are modest homes. I did some street viewing and um, it was nice. It was all, and then I ended up discovering that uh, one of the members, who may be the bass player, is also a licensed pilot. Because that address brought up the fact I sound like Jesus, a stalker. The, thing that, the things that you can find out. Listen. The gateway address is what enabled the it. The things that you can find out on the internet mm. are really quite scary. Yes. I had a bit of a fan, fangirl moment. I wrote to an author who I thought was going to be a total dickhead. And he turned out to be absolutely lovely. 
Right. I wrote him a fangirl email. Because you could just find out where to get a hold of people. What did we do in the olden days when we wanted to write a fan letter? I guess you had to write to people's record company. Yes. And if it's an author, you'd write to his or her publisher. Yeah, I guess, you know, you just type mm. in somebody's name and, hey, that's how to get a hold of them. And also... Because the... he wasn't on Twitter or anything. Mm. So, you know, but most people are. There's also... I wonder if they're still even being printed. The Who's Who books. Oh, yes. And that became quite an amazing reference point for being able to write to the management and PR companies. I guess there's always ways. Of there's people always of been ways of of being a fan or mm. a super fan. But now it's just, you can just do it like within seconds. Well, that just goes for the whole internet. You can just Absolutely. do anything within seconds. Anyway, Dookie. So you were, you were a little disappointed by the parental Fred home. I was. I was a little like, you know, I wanted to meet a butler. What can I say? Mm. I wanted to meet somebody's butler. Right? Right. That's all I'm saying. Dookie, the past six weeks or so since we've been on air have for me all been a celebration of men. Yes, and I know what kind of men. Men, men, men. Because the Tour de France, also known as the Tour de Sylvia's sitting room, well, that is in I, full swing, I full was, revolution. Yeah, even. It's true. I was alluding to that, but I was also just thinking, I've just had lots of good experiences with men. And, oh, and, right. And I just think, you know, speaking of the internet, you know, there's just so much, you know, so many men acting like, well having small dick energy out there mm. and, you know, making that known that I think it's also a good idea to just balance it out and say there are lots of good men in the world. So this author that I wrote to, he was really sweet and he was really inspiring and mm. encouraging. And all the reason more to reveal his identity. I should say his name is DBC Pierre and he was famous or is famous. Sorry, he's famous for writing Vernon Godlittle. And I saw him at a panel and he came out and from backstage and I was like, oh gosh, you know, I don't want another, you know, intellectual heavyweight man wanking his big literary ego because I've seen enough of those. Um, and he so wasn't. He was so funny and so inspiring and so wonderful that I wrote to him and said, thank you for being funny and inspiring. And he wrote me an absolutely lovely email back that just, I got it on a Monday morning and it just made my week. It was amazing. So there's him. There's the fabulous David Byrne. Have we talked about him on air? I think we may have made references to him because you have developed a oh, new love, love, a new Dookie. love for Mr. Byrne. And then there's the sadness of Anthony Bourdain. That because hit me really hard. He, he's, you know, mm. he could have been, you know, and we don't know what he would like to live with, but, you know, you could have been a total asshole. But, you know, he just came across as just, you know, his swagger, but, mm. you know, not horrible with it. So there's him. And then there's the Tour de France. Which I'm loving. <gasps> loving, Dookie. It's been an exciting She's recording endeavor. it on two different channels, so it keeps crashing the skybox, Dookie. Oh, you must why be... Why are you recording, f like, what? Yes, I know, but you know why? Should I... Can I say why, Dookie? Why I'm recording Ooh, it on... How to reveal. Well, I'm recording it on both ITV and Eurosport, because... And, and like, the tour... You know, it's like five hours of recording mm. a day. So, and then I do the highlights too. You, you do you watch? No. Right. But so, 
See, on Eurosport, it's... So you don't watch 10 hours. So you see the the entire race, the the entire stage on one channel, then the other coverage. No, although I did do a bit of that the other day because I was having a bit of a gruesome day and I just wanted to watch more cycling. So, but not every day. Different camera angles. I have a job. Were you hoping that the outcome would be different on the other channel? Well, it's more about the commentators. Right. So on Eurosport, you get Sean Kelly. You've heard a bit of Sean Kelly. I have. Yes. yes, he's very Irish. Yes. Um, and then I can't remember his... Oh, gosh, he's terrible. Edwards. Somebody Edwards, John Edwards. Um, and I like them both muchly. But on Eurosport, you also get the guest commentator who gives you the recipe of the day. So whatever region they're cycling through that day of France, he'll give you like a recipe and the wine from that region to go with it. Ooh. And it tends to be all very, you know, like steak and Bordeaux kind of wine. And and I don't eat steak and I don't drink wine. So but I find it very amusing that they do this because that's the kind of quirkiness that I love. Like you're having this sporting event and all these guys are practically killing themselves trying to get up this mountain Mm. but while they're doing that oh here's how to make this beef bourguignon and have it with this lovely chateau du pape and i love that so you can only get that on eurosport but on itv4 you have the beautiful combo that is ned and david miller so ned bolting and david miller Mm. and i love them because they're they're so i don't know they're just down to earth, but they're funny. They're they're a bit doer, but they're funny. Um, David Miller's aesthetically very pleasing. Well, and, isn't and, he beautiful? And also, you know, his career as a cyclist is, you know, phenomenal and, and controversial. And controversial. Mm. And and Ned is just really funny and really sweet. And I just love them as a combo. And I and I love Chris Boardman and I love Gary Imlock, who um, open and close each of the the days. So I love them on ITV. So they're my favorite. It's just that I miss the recipe of the day and Sean Kelly's very dour Irishness mm. on Eurosport. So I kind of want a bit of both. But yeah, you can't watch... 12 hours of cycling a but day. But you nearly did. I, I do have the bills other to pay. Yeah. Right. Well, I had a bad day the other day, Dookie. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. So. What happened? Well. Ouch. Well, I kind of had. I, I went to give a presentation to try to get some work from this particular client. And it was really nerve wracking. And mm. poor Marcia, she had to see me through last weekend. It was horrible. And so I went to give this presentation and I finished. And they were a frosty, frosty bunch. Mm. I mean, frosty. They were giving nothing away. Frosty dookie. Mm. So um, I came away feeling really nervous. And I thought, I'm going to go home. And I'd recorded the cycling from the day before because Monday was a rest day. So, but it was the day where they're on the cobbles all day. And it was the wacky races. Though, I mean, people were falling off, crashing. It, It was the wacky races. And I had to take a beta blocker. Really? Yeah. Due to the stress and strain you endured from that presentation. Well, so it was a presentation. I thought the way I'm going to do calm down is to go home and watch some cycling. Oh, and then because I find the cycling quite soothing. And instead of it being a soothing stage, it was pandemonium. Pandemonium, wacky races, and. You know, I don't really care who wins. I, I'm not a competitive person. It's about like the that. triumph of the human it's endeavor. It's just a, a human endeavor and the sheer badassery of these people. Oh my word! Who were yes. doing this? Mm. You know, one guy's cycling with a broken shoulder blade. You know, Lawsoncratic, big up to you, Texan. Um, so, I, so I thought I just want to go home and eat donuts and watch the cycling. 
Have you still got the setup that you had in situ a couple of years back where you had a stationary bicycle, it was attached to the television no. so that, yeah, so that the only way that, that the television would get power would be by you Dookie, cycling. that had to go after like two days. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, come on. So, Dookie, Monday and the cobble stage went on forever. And so I was on the donuts and the beta blockers. Deary me, that, that's... To get me through it. That's quite the combination. Yes. Ooh. So I don't care who wins. And, you know, people who really care, please don't write in because I don't care. You know, so-and-so, you know, they might be doing drugs. They might be... You know, uh, the way I look at it is you could fill me up with as much salbutamol, which is what Chris Froome takes for his asthma, which is where the big controversy is. Mm. You could fill me up with that. You could fill me up with coffee. You could fill me up with cocaine. You could fill me up with EPO. You could train me for a year. There is no way my giant wobbly ass is getting up Mont Ventoux. It's just not going to happen. I could be 18 years old and filled with EPO and salbutamol and cocaine and coffee. There's still no way. So I just think, I don't care. I just like, plus the scenery is really nice. Mm, and the bums are lovely. I read about the squishy bums. Squishy, bums, squishy bum bum. Squishy bums. Swishy. Too, swishy. Swishy. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> it shouldn't bother you. It should. They all look the same to me. Though right. They're all in lycra. And I love it when the commentators go, oh, you know, he's pretty big. And I'm like, really? Yeah, the climbers are have a propensity to be a little bit larger. Yeah, they have. I guess they have yeah. to be, whereas the sprinters are like really mm, dinky. And I'm like, types. oh, yeah, he's busting out all over. He's practically obese. So I don't care who wins. I just like to watch it. I like the scenery. I like the commentators. And I just think it's all cool. I think it's cool. Mm. And I think the controversy just gets in the way. I don't care about that. No, fair enough. I just fair want enough. whatever, whoever wins, that's cool. But I hope that there aren't any more stages which prompt you to explore the glories of beta blockers. Donuts and beta blockers, Dickie. Uh, that is, that I, is. I came home because I've <laughs> that been must out. have been quite and a sight. there was like the place looked like, I don't know, it, you know, like bands in a hotel room. I have some experience. Yeah, I bet you have a little experience. Yeah. It looked like that. I mean, yeah. it looked like, you know, donut wrappers and... <laughs> With the difference. Pharmaceuticals <laughs> everywhere, Dookie. Pizza like, blockers and donuts. And then we ordered pizza and mm. it's like, wow, man. I mean, this presentation and the cobbles really killed her. I mean, crazy. And they're not going to let her know for like a week. That really is not on it's very upsetting uh. to me very upsetting but you know i watch these cyclists and i think look at what they go through i mean so i can get through whatever if they don't want to take me on their books that's fine because there's people cycling with broken vertebrae for god's sake mm -hmm. so you know i find it very soothing like that and you will find out in a couple of days. So how will you celebrate the good news? By having more beta blockers and donuts? No, so I won't need beta blockers then. So mm. then I, I guess it'll just have to be donuts. Right. Well, you want to join us for a donut and pizza party, Dookie? That uh, sounds brilliant. I mean, maybe we should do that whether I'm commiserating or celebrating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we really, when the pizza arrives, maybe we should give a review. Oh, yeah, we should review the poor person mm. who's out there. It's hot. If people aren't in England right now, you know, people have this, you know, who aren't from here and myself included when before I moved here, they have this kind of 
notion mm. that England is cold and raining all the time. That right. is Goodness so not true. No, no, definitely. And it's I feel sorry for your dog. Yo, oh, yeah, despite her summer cut. She is finding it to be a little bit of a struggle. When I was watching her Very for hoofy. you the other day, I mm. put the fan on her and she looked like a Stevie Nicks video. Mm. Oh, with the, all the blowing back with the, the hair. There's one video in particular. There's a couple of videos where she's yeah, just a lot all of that hair in the fan. Nicks. Yeah. Uh, just like the white winged dove. dove. That's the one where she's on the treadmill, isn't it? I don't know. And then there's... I would think of more of her solo gypsy days. No, but gypsy is Fleetwood Mac. Is it? Hmm. Oh, okay. Was White Wing Dove is Stevie Nicks. It's her Nicks on her own. Solo. Okay, I'm getting mixed up. It's understandable. It's hot. Dookie and... Mm. I don't want to bring up a sensitive topic. Okay, hit me. Because I know it's still a bit raw oh. for you. <gasps> it's only been a week, hasn't it? Or so. A week? A week of what? So I genuinely... Because is. I was getting upset about my presentation and you were getting upset. And poor Marcia had to deal with us in the heat yeah you guys are a bit you guys are a little sensitive like maybe you need to buck up a little bit <laughs> jesus like man no wonder you're worried about feedback like you're all sensitive uh yeah what your, your dog has a fat ass should we just come out and say oh it? yes that's a little blunt yeah. yeah well you know call the fat ass like i got a fat ass so what you know molly had her annual checkup and jabs and the vet in no uncertain terms, gave a fat ass diagnosis. You got a telling off, didn't you, Dookie? I did. I felt terrible. Oh, Dookie. Uh, see, I feel partly responsible because I watch her when you're like gigging and stuff. And I think I've been overfilling the bowl. I don't think I now know. So, and too many necks. Yes, the bath diet is an amazing thing, raw food diet, um, but too uh, much of it is not so good. Wait a minute, barf? What the... What? Mm. What is it? It's an acronym. It stands for... I don't know what the B and the A stands for, but the R and the F is like raw feeding or yes. raw food. Yes. So, Oh, right. I was going to say, what are you trying to make your dog up, Chuck, or something? That might help now. I like to give her... So you've told me that it's okay to give her a frozen neck that you just pull out of the freezer. Yes. And for like in the heat, for her, it's like a meatsicle. Mm-mm. Wow, that's pretty ironic coming from a couple of vegetarians. What, you're giving your dog... A neck of what? Sheep? Is it sheep? Is it lamb? It's a lamb neck, right? It's a lamb neck. A lamb neck. So you're a couple of vegetarians, but you're giving your dog a lamb neck. Mm. I don't enjoy it. It's disgusting. <laughs> but I do enjoy how much she loves oh, it. Oh, my, my word, word. Yeah, she's like a dog with a lamb neck. She is a dog on mm. crazy. And especially when it's really hot and the, and the, the neck is clearly icy cold. It gives me a certain pleasure. Like uh, it's like must be like giving a kid a popsicle in the hot weather. Mm. Like it's gonna cool them down and give them some pleasure. But yeah, so what are in, you gonna do about her fat ass, Dookie? Uh, I was told. What's to wrong with having re- a fat ass? I was told to re- for a dog. It, it's not so good. Why not? I mean, she's not gonna be able to enter the Miss Collie competition. I mean. No, this isn't about aesthetics. It's right. about it's about her joints and okay. and all of that all and her right. overall health. Dookie, mm. 
you know, is what's sad is that we're talking about your dog. And, you know, it's like you say, it's not about aesthetics, you know, whatever, except that it bothers her joints. And dogs yeah, yeah. are very prone to getting arthritis in their back yeah, end. Particularly so you can't collies. put any more strain on their joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, that's but the main while thing. you're talking about your dog, all I can think about is cronuts. Oh, I haven't had cronuts in a long while. Mm. Yeah, there's certain times in the month in our house, Dookie, oh, that I it just why. The, the, the donuts <laughs> and the cronuts go a little, little nutty bonkers. Is, is, is that time approaching? Yes. Right. So that's why it's all a little donuty. donut-y. Right. little donut-y. Shall we go and uh, grab some cronuts and then give the place some good feedback? We could give some. I, uh, with the cronuts, Dookie? Yeah, yeah. I'm already giving them 10 out oh. of 10. Let's go and get some now. Okay. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. In her house. Are you done with those mugs? To a mere pedestrian or uninitiated local, Penge may appear to be an unremarkable suburb of London. Neither city nor country, neither posh nor destitute. But in this quiet enclave in the southeastern quarter of our nation's capital is an Art Deco semi-detached house owned and occupied by a North American transplant to Blighty named Slutty Sue. She likes to clean. I popped into Slutty Sue's pristine abode and asked, Slutty Sue, what have you been up to? Zuki, you know these past few weeks here in the UK, there's been a drought and lots of hot, hot sunshine. And it's made everything all dusty and dirty. And it's also made the plants and flowers in my garden so very parched. So I had my neighbor around to assess the state of my dry bush. He gave it a really good going over and diagnosed it as needing a bit of a seeing to. So this week, Dookie, I've had my neighbor moistening my thirsty bush. As warned at the beginning of this podcast, here is the track That's Nice by Minty, which will feature in the Analyzer segment which follows. Says one on head. 
nice to see ya. Wouldn't wanna be ya. Nice to see ya. Wouldn't wanna be ya. Estrogen and lemon. That's nice. Night club etiquette. Etiquette. That's nice. Nice to see ya. Wouldn't wanna be ya. Nice to see ya. Wouldn't wanna be ya. Welcome to the return of Analyze This, a segment that hasn't appeared on TDRS, as I like to call it, in quite some time. I don't think I've ever featured on this particular no. segment either, so I feel honoured. Indeed, Sylvia. Dookie. Thank you for joining me. I thank you. We are going to be analysing That's Nice by Minty, and a rendition of that track actually opened this very episode of the Dukey Radio Show. Irene is on form. She is tremendous in the vocal oomph stakes. Dukey, you and I have got way too obsessed with this band, and considering that only a few months ago we'd never heard of them. How did we hear about them? I can't even remember now. We were watching a Lee Bowery documentary. Oh, yes. And we've gotten way too obsessed with him as well. Yes. Way too obsessed. I so wish he was still alive. Oh, Dookie, I mean... I wish that Minty was still going. Did we get obsessed with him through watching Wigstock? Yes. A very excellent documentary. It's very rare that you see a performance in which a man dressed up as a woman gives birth mid-song out of 
his vagina. He gives birth to a fully grown woman. Yes. Who it turns out was his wife. Yes. A fully grown woman. Correct. And it seems the umbilical cord was made out of sausages. He might as well enjoy a, a nibble while he's up there performing. Dookie, I mean, it was a performance to end all performances. And the thing that really struck struck me about that performance was that they're on a very large stage. It, where are they? They're somewhere in Central Park, right? Mm, oh, no, they're no. not in Central Park. No, it's quite possibly closer to the Bowery, I believe. Oh, okay. So no. they're in a very large park. Yes. So they need a very large stage because there's thousands of people there. Mm. So then when they're filming what's going on on stage, you can see all of the people on the sidelines. Mm. So all of like roadies and pr- presumably like builders and people because they were dressed like, you know, they were having to do construction and things like that. Mm. And he's singing with this woman strapped to him under his dress because nobody knew that presumably that he was going to give birth when we first saw the film we We had had no no, idea we had no idea so presumably these people standing there watching don't know either Mm. and there's some of the other performers there's some of the drag artists and people like that they all look bored shitless Mm. i mean even when he's giving birth and i'm thinking there's this person up there Giving, I mean, can you get, can any performer give it more of their all? No. Than that. And also, he's doing it mid performance. singing this beautiful song. Absolutely. And he's while kind of he's doing a singing, bit of a dance. Yeah. He yeah. dances. I have a theory. Yes. I think Wigstock was filmed oh, about a year or so before his death. I think he passed away in like 93 or 94. Right. And I wonder whether or not some of the judgment that people on the sidelines were showing was due to the fact that they were anti-breeders. Yeah, but they looked bored before they even saw a person emerging from him. Mm. And, and it wasn't even like contempt. Like, like at least contempt like shows that you, you've got some investment in the performance enough to be contemptuous mm. or to hate it. Like you've got some energy about your reaction. But this was just utter boredom. Like like they just uh, seen it, been there, done it, seen it. Yeah. You know, uh, I see people giving birth on stage. Yeah, it's like that. Like, uh, you all know, the time. This old trope again, you know, where <laughs> the drag artist gives birth. You know, that good to a fully grown adult. You know, it's kind of like yawn. You know, I've had... New York audiences are tough, I, I know from a experience. a tough crowd, baby. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, I get that sometimes in my work, and I just think, you know, I'm I'm giving you my all here. The least you can do is tell your face that maybe you're slightly interested. <laughs> so I felt for our lovely Lee, Lee Bowery, because I, I do see him as one of us. Oh, certainly. And the band Minty came to our respective inner sanctums, when we watched this documentary about Lee Bowery following yeah. Wigstock. Yeah. And I think in the early 90s, despite his fame, Lee Bowery was not doing as well financially as he would have liked. And he wanted Minty to be the gateway to a regular income. I gotcha. And then after he passed away, the band carried on his legacy. I see. And the track that we're analysing... Yes. That's nice which yes. is the title, yes. and the track is nice. Um, 
it is as though Lee Bowery is on board, despite the fact that he'd been dead for about three or four years. And his, his wife is the woman in it who looks amazing. Yes. Um, just because, you know, well, they all do. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, you need to see the video because the outfits are something else. Mm. And she's his wife. Yes. Nicola Bowery, to whom he gave birth. Nay Bateman. Nay Bateman. Yes. <laughs> so, Dookie. I spent a good hour of my life listening and typing out the lyrics. I mean, you were listening for pleasure as well. But, but yes, it was. Oh, yes, it wasn't a. It wasn't an arduous hour by any mm. means. It was a very wonderful hour. It's just the lyrics are are very interesting. They are, quite, and I don't mean mm, that in a passive aggressive way. They're quite different to say a track from the band Two Unlimited. You know, for instance, no, 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 no. Yes, there's no limit, or there's no lyrics. There the, are a lot of lyrics in. Uh, that's nice and they are quirky and sometimes difficult to decipher eccentric lyrics yes like the band but but uplifting despite the title of the song not all of the the elements are nice and we'd like to compare and contrast but many are so it starts with new outfit from head to toe that is nice. I think that's nice. Yes. I think that's a nice thing when you have a new outfit, especially if it's something that you feel good in, which is kind of, you know, they're kind of hinting at. I think that's nice. But the next one is Hole in Sky. Indeed, that's obviously a reaction to the ozone layer. I wonder whether or not that might be a nod to Lee Bowery. Australia famously has a very large hole in the ozone this, layer yeah, above, is true. above its uh, boundaries. And Lee Bowery... Was Australian he, born? He was so not so nice. But then the next line redeems that mm. because it's high-heeled shoes. Indeed. Now I don't happen to think that high-heeled shoes are are particularly nice to wear, aesthetically pleasing. But I do like to look at them. I wish that I could wear them more comfortably, but sadly. And the man who's singing, I believe he's wearing. He must be wearing some fairly large, stomping high-heeled shoes mm. in the video. And he is rocking them. Oh, absolutely. So then the next thing, not so nice, camel toe and boob tube. Camel toe is basically the byproduct of ill-fitting yeah, you know, clothes. Maybe. And it isn't something that one wants to you know, aim for, as it were. I don't know that anybody would be... Well, you know, some people might aim for it. Who knows? But I, I personally wouldn't aim for it. Boob tube, I... I used to wear boob tubes Mm. as a teenager. I don't think of boob tubes as being a bad thing. No, except that I found them itchy. Right. You know, I hope that fabrics technology has moved on since I used to wear boob tubes because I used to just find them really itchy. I suppose with camel toe, it's a bit like saying, hello world, here is my vulva. Yes, you know, nothing wrong with a vulva. Certainly not. Nothing wrong with a vulva. There are other organs. There are other genitalia. And... Is the writer trying to illustrate that items of clothing can sometimes uh, prompt discomfort? Boob Quite tubes possibly. make you feel itchy. Well, you know, whether he or she finds them to be itchy 
Maybe not. And the camel toe surely must be the sign of, you know, something riding up you, as it were. I would think, you know, I think boob tubes, by their very nature, they have to have some sort of elastication or smocking. Mm. And in my day, they were kind of smocking, mm. you know, where it's kind of all the stitching has to be gathered together so that it holds itself up. Especially if you were like me as a teenager and you weren't, you know, you didn't have a lot to hold it up. So it had to be even more elasticated. So maybe that's why I found them more itchy. Right. But, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. Is that... Boob tubes in themselves. Mm. Is that line, the camel toe and boob tubes, is that a line to the... Or an annex to the first part of the song, which is, you know, about the whole, the new ensemble, the new outfit. You have he- a new outfit, to- yes. And then you have a high heel shoes and then you have camel toe and boob tubes. So they're creating a look. Mm. And above you, you have a hole in the sky. But then what you can do in the next line is that you can sit down. Mm. So maybe you can get comfortable, you know, just take a little bit of weight off your high heels mm. and have a cup of tea and a slice of life. So, you know, which sit, is rather nice. Sit back in your new ensemble yep. and stop and smell the roses. Ex- a cup of tea and a slice of life. Except, you know, it's all ups and downs with this song. The next, and then you're sitting down and then you're getting the next line, which is information saturation. And this is in the 1990s in which, you know, access Where? to information, yes. is, you know, is definitely. You know, very different than it is today. I think it's prescient. Mm. You know, they were kind of like we were starting to get a lot of info in the in the 1990s, and now it's just crazy. Mm. By the time 1997 had arrived, I, I suppose many a home had a dial-up modem. I suppose, but so. uh, you know, take up of the the internet certainly in the UK, where this song was written and recorded. You know, was not as all that high. It's probably about forty percent of households no. at that time, I would imagine. But I think they were looking at the future to what what Marcia was bemoaning earlier, which is that just constant, you know, constant information and access to everyone's emotions, mm. which mainly seem to be angry and upset a lot of the times. So then, then, but then that brings us to the next one, which is God is dead, and some people would say that's definitely not nice, mm. but. <laughs> If you're an atheist, you would just be indifferent. If you're an atheist, you're indifferent. But they're also, aren't they harking back to the Beatles? Am I being stupid? Um, The Beatles, or John Lennon, claimed that the Beatles were were more popular than Jesus. Oh, so, oh, no, they're harking back to Nietzsche. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, yes, Mm. I was being a bit... But now I'm being pretentious. And, of course, there was that phase with the Ruttles where they thought they were more popular than Rod. Rod Stewart. Nasty, talking to a slightly deaf journalist, had claimed only that the Ruttles were bigger than Rod. Rod Stewart would not be big for another eight years. That's all I said, you know. Now all this has to happen. What do you think it proves? I think it proves you're all daft. I suppose we'll get into trouble for saying that now. Nasty apologised to God, Rod and the press, and the tour went ahead as planned. Somebody made me watch that movie a long time ago, and I felt like... As much of a Londoner as I am, and for as long as I live here, that will always be a British step too far for me. It's an, I just didn't mm. get it. I didn't understand why it was Are you a Beatles funny. fan, though? Well, yeah, I love the Beatles. I mean, of course. Do you know the Beatles' history well enough to realise that, you know, what the Ruttles were trying to do a pastiche of? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of got it, like but it. I was just like, mm. I don't know. You know, like, you know, it's like the first time I saw... 
uh, with now. Like, I was just like, I don't get it. And I don't understand why this is supposed to be funny. I didn't understand why you, you know, people, you found it really funny and stuff like that. And then I watched it again. I was like, oh, I get it. And now, of course, I love it. But with the Ruddles, I think I could see that like a hundred times and still not find it to be funny. Sorry. And that's despite many comforting North American influences. Yeah, you've got John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd makes an appearance, Paul Simon does. Oh, gosh, I don't even... Oh, yeah, vague. Yeah, I don't... It yeah. still didn't do it for I, you. So, Dookie, we get back to sartorial elegance with the next line, which is sunglasses worn on head. For me, that used to cause some early anxiousness for me. Right. Hmm. I couldn't adopt that look very well. I can't see you in that look. I... I you know, friends that would, you know, pull their hair back, they'd put their sunglasses on and, you know, it would reveal this lovely widow's peak and the shape of my head and, you know, even when I had a lot of hair, I never could rock that look. And I hmm. can't see that it would be for me, it would be like seeing you wearing a sweater around your shoulders. Mm, definitely I not would my just thing. think, uh oh. Marcia and I better have a word with Dookie because I think he's losing his mind. <laughs> you know, it's just like one of those things that, you know, for some people can do it and s some people yeah, not so much. But other people couldn't pull off your lovely look. So, you know, it's all, you know, we all just have to find our own look and what Absolutely, works for us. Absolutely. Certainly. So, but, you know, that, that still is a fashion statement and many people can rock it. Sunglasses on head. I suppose if, if you're pulling off the look, that is nice. The, yes, it, absolutely. And the and the the male who's the guy who's singing. Sorry, with my little binary there. Sorry, uh, the the person who's singing these lyrics, uh, he could definitely pull off sunglasses on him. Oh God, certainly. Yeah. I mean, he, in the video, he's head to toe lycra mm. with his lovely bum bum cheeks on display. His bum features quite heavily. It features really heavily, mm. and he looks amazing. So I think he could definitely have sunglasses on head. Also. I have to say, I don't think you were being binary earlier. We yes. were discussing the fact that Nicola Barry was the wife as well as being the daughter of Lee Barry, <laughs> well, who gave birth through his vagina. This is why I'm with Marcia. I think I need to give up on social media for a while just because <laughs> I start to find myself talking and then just every word. I'm like, we're analyzing this song. I analyze every word just thinking, is somebody going to you know hear me and, and be offended and send me horrible horrible messages on you know facebook and whatever so i so paranoid i think i need to come off of it marcia and i need to have a cleanse mm -hmm. so we have nice to see you wouldn't want to be that's a very 90s phrase i still say that do you really you know it's a jokey thing mm. so then dookie Dry, barren land. That's what you, the UK is in the middle of right now. We're enjoying, like I'm about ready to do a rain We are dance. Enjoying, enjoying being the operative word. Oh, my uh, word. Heat wave. I'm obsessively been... looking at, uh, just before we came on air, I was looking at the outlook for the weather. We've got another week of this. It's like, please, let's have some rain. So I can say dry, barren land, I would not say is that's nice. No, I wonder if that's another examination of the, of the environment. Yeah, the idea that, yes. uh, you know, a once plush, you know, sort of part of the world that was kind of well lubricated and, you know, was, had, was able to sustain vegetation is now dry and barren. I think that is a, a brother, sister, cousin, if you will, to the hole and skyline. It could very well be. And then the next two lines, 
male enhancement surgery and then water with estrogen and lemon. Is there now, a theme, is there a theme hmm. to Valapine where one part of the song is examining vacuousness and consumerism while yeah. the other is highlighting the real problems in the world? of which the vacuousness and the self-centeredness reveals itself in the form of male enhancement surgery. Possibly. And the the water, which is enriched with... Estrogen and lemon. Right. Now, Dookie, but with Lovely that... Lovely beverage. It, what year was this song, then? I, I believe nine, no, 97. Oh, 97. Mm. Even still, if... Because you might have heard that there's lots of estrogen nowadays in our, the water that we drink. So we're all getting overloaded with estrogen because, you know, there's, there's toxic estrogens in plastic. So the more that we handle plastic and the more that we have plastic as part of our lives, the more we're kind of um, ingesting or absorbing um man-made estrogen types so then we it comes out of our systems and it ends up back in our water systems so we're we're ingesting estrogen all the time all of us so i'm but but that's a very new thing you know only in the 2000s so i'm wondering if they were that prescient that they saw that coming i have something to add to that yes minty from that same album have a song called My Mind is Like a Plastic Bag. Plastic. My mind is like a plastic bag. How very and nowadays, like you're watching the Tour de France. I am. I've noticed that the Sky team, their bus says say don't no to plastic and on their uniforms it says for like a plastic free world or something like that. Oh, right. So 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 we're minty that forward thinking oh my word mm. that's amazing also the fact that there is a seems to be an environmental focus in this it track. really does which for for those years i mean yes people were starting to get more and environmental. for a band of that hilk <laughs> well yeah i mean i admire them for that mm. for that forward thinking that nowadays we kind of take for granted mm. that we we think about the environment trendsetters trendsetters indeed and then we have nightclub etiquette etiquette. Mm. I wonder if that's making a, a, a slur about judgmental clubs, perhaps. Or is that just, um, again, embracing the, the vacuousness that you have to behave a certain way, you need to do this, you need to wear you know, a certain ensemble in order to be worthy of a certain club? Or maybe it's just about... The way to be when you're out be, and about be cool. at a nightclub. You know, club. Lee Bowery, he was, well, that's, you know, he just make his outfits to go clubbing. Mm. And how amazing. I mean, just, you know, you see the footage of him. It's incredible. And you just think you're in that really cl- crowded, hot, sweaty club dressed from head to toe in some kind of fabric. How uncomfortable. Mm. But it's like comfort didn't even factor. I mean, comfort, who comfort schmumfort, who cares in his his view? If you look fabulous and you feel fabulous, it's worth the pay. I mean, he he went dressed as a big vagina in one of them. He was head to toe mm. in fabric that made him look like a vagina. Dressed up as Bart Simpson. 
completely as Bart Simpson. You couldn't see his face. Oh, was he? I don't remember mm. that. So, you, you know, that the etiquette is just... I don't know where the etiquette fits in there, to be honest. But it's just the night... I mean, his commitment to an outfit was extraordinary. I believe that Minty have a song about etiquette, so it could also reference okay. that. Okay, so they're they're referencing themselves quite possibly Is there a word for that in the literary world self-referencing oh really okay <laughs> never mind then and then we have nice to see you wouldn't want to be you. and then we have new fast car four bedroom house so this is about possessions things to put stuff in I think this must be quite nice. Mm. You know, they, they are nice things. They're nice, you know. Your new fast car has got to be nice. A large house, four bedroom house, particularly when, in London, is that's an impossibility yeah, unless nice. you're a multi millionaire. You know, when you got your Volvo and it was new to you, yes, you no, know, it wasn't a new car, but it was new to you, correct. And it can go quite fast, right? It certainly can. It's a very nice thing, right? Loved it, loved it. You still love it? Oh, I do. So then we have, see, I didn't understand this, but then you mentioned this line to me and you made it really sad. So this line is definitely not nice. And I, to be honest, I don't really want to dwell on it because it makes me feel horrible. Right. Swan in oil. A reference to the oil disasters. I, I don't like that. Exxon. Can we move on? Because that's definitely not nice. Mm. Swans are mean bastards, though. True. They shouldn't die prematurely due to no, I, I, you know, our I, bad behavior. I am in love with any critter. I mean, just give me a critter and I'm happy. You know, even spiders. I'm like, well, you know, I wouldn't, I don't want them necessarily near me, but I know they're good things. Mm. But, and swans are critters. So therefore, you know, they're marvelous. They're mean bastards. You see them bullying other birds and you think you're just a big bastard bully. Mm. You just, but you know, I don't want them to die. With that in mind, maybe a swan in oil might be something that you find nice. If I was a duck, I would. Right. <laughs> because they just bully the ducks. Like, I can't stand... Like, a lot of people say feeding the birds is a nice thing. Like, they'll say, you know, what did you do? And they'll say, oh, I took my kids to Regent's Park and we fed the birds. And I think, you know, thinking of things that are supposed to be nice but aren't, I hate feeding the birds. Because... You know, I'll have some leftover bread or something. I'll go feed the birds and I'll actively dread it. It's horrible. Right. Have you ever fed the birds? It's I, I horrible. Have. Yeah. It turns into like Lord of the Flies, except it's like Lord of the Ducks. Lord of the Ducks. It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, they all like come, f you know, like the swarm. And and then they all just start beating on each other. Quackety quack, don't come back. Like there's nothing egalitarian or there's nothing like, oh, I've had my fill. You go go ahead now, Mr. or Miss Duck. It's like, I'm a swan. I'm bigger than you. I will beat the fucking shit out of you to get this crumb. Survival of the shittest. So, yes, it's survival. And it's just horrible. So, yeah, there have been times when I think I really should go feed the birds. But I won't. And it's bad. Because it's the violence. I'm such a hypersensitive lefty hippie. It's just not good. Bastard birds. So bastard birds. <laughs> so, but you know, I don't want to see them in oil. Mm. Uh, the next one, super deluxe spin dry. I suppose if you're going to get your white goods and you have a washing machine with that function, it's going to make your life easier and yeah. There are days when I long for a dryer. I mean, you know. Mm. 
I, I'm lucky to have a washing machine. You know, we we all live in the city, so the mm. space is a, at a premium. So, you know, lots of people don't have dryers who live in the city. Um, but yeah, I do long for one. I long for a laundry room. You know, where you can just keep all your laundry. Where you know, instead of ha- hanging having it hanging all over radiators and stuff. So I'm with them. I think a super deluxe spin dryer would be nice. True. If you had a four-bedroom house, you could have you could have a one. room dedicated to you white know, it's goods. Fine. Mm. It's not a blight on my life. I just think you know, I grew up with a dryer, so you know, it's it a nice, nice thing to have if Is you have the space yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Mm. So then we have admiring, indulging, demanding the niceties of life, expanding, expanding, improving, improving, requiring the niceties of life. So it's kind of like they're saying, you know, I require, I demand, you know, like a super deluxe spin dryer Mm. because I'm being spoiled. Yes. Again, I think it's an addiction to consumerism. It is. It definitely is. So, and people are and they're demanding it they're they're requiring it but then it doesn't make sense they have the word and i and i'm 99 percent sure that i got this right because i listened to this a number of times retiring retiring consuming consuming requiring consuming the niceties of life why would you and it definitely wasn't require it was retire so why would you retire the niceties of life is that you're retiring yourself to the fact that consumerism is at the forefront of all of your desires? Do you ever think that when people write poetry or they write songs or they write stories or mm. something, and there's something weird in them, do you ever think it's just because it's weird? Possibly. Also, it could be that there's a, a rhyming dictionary that was at hand. And they needed to come up with something that rhymes yeah, with I requiring. Think, like one time when I was uh, when I was in my first year of college, I was doing this literary course, and we read. Uh, I think it was a short story by Flannery O'Connor, and in it she quotes the license plate number of this family who had this car, and she actually spells out the license plate number. Mm. And and the professor was going on and on, making this big speech about how there is nothing in literature that doesn't mean something. So I raised my hand and I said, okay, so if that's the case, what does? why did she include the license plate number? And he laughed at me and looked at me really patronizing and said, oh, bless you, dear. And then he moved on. And I just sat there thinking, well, you can patronize me all you want, but you didn't answer my question. So to this day, you know, the how many years ago it was that to this day, I still wonder, okay, so everything's supposed to mean something. So why, what, what is the license plate number? And then I think, you know, I'm old enough now to think maybe it didn't, maybe just, she just felt like it. Maybe she just felt like giving you the license plate number. Perhaps it was a nod to somebody that she knew. Yes. As always saying, thanks for your support. So like maybe Minty, like, yeah, like you said, they just got out the rhyming dictionary mm. and they said, you know what? Retiring kind of feels okay here. Like not everything has to have a big meaning. I'm going to self-reference here. Yes. In a track that I wrote called Deeply Shallow. Yes. There's a line in it. Not free, but a number. Then a random number is mentioned. I think it's 11349. <laughs>
and there's no meaning to it. I just thought of a really boring well, number. See? Mm. It, it flowed nicely within the song. Like, so we could analyze your song. Yes. And we could just analyze it to death. And maybe it just doesn't mean... You may, Maybe there's lots of writers all over the world who are having their stuff analyzed. And they're just thinking, no, it just sounded all right. No, mm. it felt like it. Which goes against the whole of analyze this. Uh, true. We're doing ourselves out of a job. Yeah, well, we can't do ourselves out of a job. I mean... This analysis no. business is very important. Of course. I mean, we all have to use our brains, don't but, we? But back to that retiring line. Yes. Could it be that at that stage of the song, the protagonist is now acutely aware of how vacuous they've been? Yes. And maybe wants to retire all those possessions, wants to go off grid? Yes. And maybe join Greenpeace or some environmental concern and do some good work? Rather than just, you know, get that house, get that fast car, get that outfit, buy some really expensive sunglasses that you put on your head. Yeah, but maybe they just want to be fabulous. Well, judging from the video, ends, they succeeded in that. I mean, it ends with nice to see you, wouldn't want to be you. And I'm thinking, but I would want to be you. Because you're all, like, I just love them. They look amazing. I've searched down on the net, like, more, like, videos and footage of them, and there's it's, there's nothing. It's really sparse. Yeah, they uh, existed at a weird time in music where it was just before the digital revolution, so you can't buy anything know, of theirs online. I know, it makes me sad. The entire album is available on youtube if you hunt for it i gotcha and there are a couple of videos and there's also interview footage from a japanese television program which was covering the romo music which is the new new romantic movement of which they the band minty that is got lobbed in with but musically i even aesthetically, I don't think they were really should have been a part of that. They are so fabulous. I went looking for some books on Lee Bowery because I want to read more about him. And there's the seminal work about him, which was written by one of his friends. It goes, The paperback goes for the cheapest you can get it for is 45 pounds. How expensive is the hardback? The hardback goes for oh, like well into the hundreds, like 198 pounds. But dookie. You want to hear what's nice by speaking about what's nice. I'm listening. You know what I think is nice? I think libraries are nice. Oh. So last night I thought, why not look and see if the library has it? You know, there's a library in the Barbican. Yes. The Barbican, this amazing place. If you don't know it, if you're not from these shores, it's this amazing place and it has this amazing library. Dookie. They have this yes that's yes. nice so i reserved it so that's nice very nice indeed i look forward to reading about him more and immersing myself in the wonderfulness that is lee bowery immerse yourself in the niceties of a lee bowery book i think we should all immerse ourselves in the niceties of life for sure absolutely i think we analyze this track and I think we did it some justice. I think we analyzed the shit out of it. You know it. And that's nice. That's nice. Well, that is indeed your lot. Donuts and beta blockers via men dressed up as women who give birth to their wife via their vagina. It's 
quite a combination to say the least. You've been listening to Donuts and Beta Blockers. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. Until next time, or when I feel like pushing a baby through my own vagina, thanks for listening. Now it's time for me to go and, uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle, that's the way the money goes, pop goes the weasel. On Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find It will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show.